All right, so let's gather. No, no, honey, it's all right. This is, we fit ourselves around circumstances. That's the beauty of the whole message. Yes? It has nothing to do with what happens anyway. It's, all, it's already been triggered just by coming here. Yeah. It's like a non-dual Pavlovian, uh, what you call it. You just come to a meeting and you immediately have a sense of what may have been seemingly uh, evading you all day. Yeah? With absolutely no thought or effort. Doesn't it really? Yeah. This is how it's going to end. It's going to be just like this, just before, before we go into heaven. That's going to be the last song we hear. <laughs> we'll all be wearing matching leisure suits. Women will be smiling with necklace pearls on their neck, tidying up heaven all day. We'll be playing golf in heaven. <laughs> No bogey, I know. I have Zen bitch slap, but anyone can say it's called misogyny, whatever they call it. You're a misogynist. <laughs> I mean, it was totally foreign to what I was attempting to imply with the name Zen bitch slap, which is just a little inside joke. Yes. Alright, so. to start tonight with this song. How do you jump into this? You know what I mean? There is no two. <laughs> There's no player of the piano or you. Sit down and shut up and feel the pause. Right, so everyone's been here quite a while so for this lovely lady here. So The point is there's certain clues that should inform us that something's up, yes? Where at one point, when we seem to have been a little kid, we weren't ever trying to get into a moment, were we? Because we hadn't entertained the insane idea we could be out of a moment. No two or three-year-old is looking up retreat calendars or trying to learn Vipassana. None of that's happening because a condition so obvious it doesn't get even looked over, it's just a living platform is available. Yeah. And then somehow that that just that immediacy, that onness, which allows a lot of wonder and awe, which we are the source of, to be noticed as an expression, seem to uh, dwindle and and it matches what grew. Yeah. So a mental condition grew when a lot of things that we sort of nostalgically attempt to remember about a, a youthful, when we were young, if we weren't in an abusive situation, all those lovely sunny days and feeling immediate in love and all like that, then it starts becoming almost like an endangered species because something develops, a mental state develops, the brain develops, yeah? And the brain starts... organizing this event to fit its interpretation. 
and its interpretation is in time, and it's also about things. Yeah, that you're a thing, I'm a thing, everyone's a thing, thing. Yeah, it goes like that, and so that starts to develop, and then in a way, without noticing it. The attention that was freely moving through the feeling and the tasting and the touching and the smelling, yeah, and, and uh, the hearing and all like that, starts not to be so pronounced. So the living of life starts to seem to be lost, and then there's like a switcheroo happens where you start depending on a mental interpretation of life. So. My my taking of it is, you know, there's life's happening, and then there's an interpretation of that as life's happening to me. So the mental state cannot replace life, but it does it. It does the second best thing. It claims it, and it makes it into something more suitable for its survival or for it to thrive. Yeah. So where what does it do? It immediately starts displacing this moment and fills it up with yesterday and tomorrow. So basically, and then the memories started to build, and then instead of really, because like they say in new research, every time you remember something, all you remember is a memory of it. So basically, there's nothing to ever get back to. In a sense, nothing ever happened. There's just memories of it happening. Yeah. So there's this total reliance on the mental state to tell us and inform us what we're like, what they're like, what. We're gonna be like what we were like, what they're gonna be like, what we were like, how the day's gonna be like that, and we became sort of dependent on that in a certain way. And then a lot of the stuff that was obvious and always available at all times when we were young starts to become like an exotic fucking thing. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be within our reach anymore. So we start hunkering down, and basically we live a life based on an interpretation by the brain. So the consciousness, the consciousness here can even even seem to be seemingly overridden by the interpretation, because it can't get rid of the consciousness, it can't get rid of what is, but it can claim it and make it into something else, or use what is to infer something else that it wants to point to, and that's what it does. So it claims the faculties of seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And thinking and actions and all of this stuff, and it uses that to facilitate, to infer, to presuppose that you're a body, and that you become the center of a universe of things as a thing.、Yeah. And now suddenly you can't rely on that consciousness because it's been claimed. So the only way what you can rely on is the mental state, and the mental state informs you about the consciousness that you're conscious. And that it's going to be up to you to become more conscious, or it's because of you you're less conscious. So once again, consciousness, which is the inherent condition here in manifestation, conscious contact, becomes is used as a to facilitate the bondage of self because now consciousness is a topic that we're entertaining as if we're different and separate from it, as if we can acquire it. It's sort of like. You know, looking for a car, but you don't have a car, so you're out there trying to buy a car, and you're checking it out, and you're assuming I'm going to get a car, and when I get a car, it's going to make me travel better here. Well, it's sort of like that. I'm going to improve my consciousness. Yeah. But the whole point is, the system has a fail-safe mechanism. 
no matter how you look or where you look or what you look for, it's always going to be you doing it. It's always the bondage of self is going to be just as much applicable to the stories of being free, to become free, or to your stories about being all about you. The bonding mechanism is completely on all the time. So when freedom is entertained as a self, you cannot, you entertain being free as a body. So that means jumping off a 50-foot cliff into water, bungee cording, doing this, doing that. You know, these ideas of physical freedom become our idea of freedom. So I can do anything I want. Well, that's a certain freedom, you know. I can do anything I fucking want. Yeah. That's a freedom. But can you do everything you don't want? No, you can't from there. So there is that freedom. You can, if you can only do, you, you're free to do everything you want to do, great, but are you free to do everything you don't want to do? <laughs> the freedom can't be applied to one side of the road, because it's a two-sided highway. Yeah? There's going to be aversion, and there's going to be desire. There's going to be, you know, feeling close or feeling far apart. So this whole mental state can't remove what is, it can't get, but it can sort of convince what is that it's something else. And then in that condition, as what you are being identified as a body, now the world of body, the story of body, the story of time, the story of separation can seem real as real can be to that which is so. So it could that which is so would never be convinced by this place. But it's very convincing if it takes itself to be a body. If the identification is a body in place, that which would seem to be totally insane seems like it's as real as hell. Because you're as real as hell. And for that you to be real as hell, it has to be reinforced and verified and authenticated, not by its own sense of realness, because it doesn't have one, it has to be verified constantly by referral, by assuming, by presupposing, by insinuating. Yeah? And so, it's, in this case, like Zen, they say there's the finger pointing to the moon, but at least in that story Zen, there's a moon. The mental state Zen is a finger pointing, there ain't no moon. It's just pointing constantly, and then the mind itself makes the leap in taking itself to be the body. What else could? What else could make something that isn't so, so fucking convincing? The only thing that could lend reality to this place is reality. And unless you believe you're an object in someone else's fucking dream, and they're at fault, and they're the only way to get out, and it's an impossible to escape because someone else's dream is being imposed on me, if you, don't, if you don't have a conviction in that, it's going to become obvious your role here. And if it's not obvious, you'll probably run into a book like The Course of Miracles or something else where they'll say, hey, you and I give everything all the meaning it has. You're the dreaming of the dream. <laughs> so how could something that's unreal seem so real? It has to be given reality by what's real. Where else is it going to get it? So the dreaming 
invigorates or injects the dreaming with authenticity by becoming identified seemingly with the dreamt. Yeah. As soon as that's in place, then all bets are off. Suddenly time becomes incredibly influential. You're feeling like you, you were born, you're going to die. You have tons of needs that it's very, very dicey if you'll meet them or not. Because you've got all these, all of your dependencies are based on things outside of yourself. You've got to get sick outside of yourself. All of this, and then the idea of separation is just mind-boggling. Where people, in a sense, are the source of love, are looking for love their whole freaking life. They're believing that they have no love when they're the source of love. They're believing that peace of mind is based on getting, managing the conditions and the circumstances of this life. That, that the circumstances and conditions are the prerequisite to have peace of mind. If I don't have those things the way I want, then there's no possibility of peace of mind. That's an incredible... Your odds of being, you know, at one point you're the lottery, and then suddenly you play this other imaginary lottery, and your chances of winning is like one out of two billion. <laughs> you're, you have to live under this pang of anxiety of, I'm not going to get what I want, or I'm going to lose what I have. I mean, it's um, incessantly. Now, the peace of mind is there to be enjoyed, yeah, but in the seeming conditions that it's being looked for, it's not even enjoyable. Because let's say you, you do something, and you believe that doing brought you to a peace of mind, as soon as you arrive at that peace, you're afraid it's going to shift or change, isn't it? It's like you would, your idea, your concept is when I reach peace, I can really relax. But no, when you reach, that's what people do when they buy their fourth house. They're figuring the first one did it, the second, it's going to be the fourth one. I finally get this house, I'll be able to really relax. Yeah? Or if I have a million dollars, I should be able to relax. But then it goes up, I need two million dollars. And then it just goes on and on and on. Because the relaxation isn't based on the outside. We have a fundamental... Fundamentally, the horse has been convinced it's behind the car. And now it's following the car. It's letting this fucking thing that's totally imaginary, has no living existence in and of itself, and it's trying to... It's, it's saying, oh, leave me. Leave me, wise one. Though that one that seems to never move, I know you're truly moving. No, it ain't. It's a fucking car. It doesn't go anywhere without some force. And where's the force? Yeah. Where the juice? This place is seeming real because the God juice that we represent is being given over to it. How is it being over to it? You would never do it one-on-one. -on -one. It's through an intermediary. You're identified as a body. And then the, that identification of the body turns it over. We would never turn it over to something that's temporary, is going to go, and everything like that. But we turn it over to this, which is that there's a belief that it's long-lasting, independent, and separate. And therefore, in that identification, then we give out God-like juice. Like the Course says, we're dreaming the dream, we forget that we're dreaming. How the hell does that happen? And it can happen. That's the beautiful news. It's an impossibility. But it can seem to happen. 
it can appear to be happening to you. But how does that appearance to you, how could that possibly be convincing unless it's, it's the identification as that you? So when something appears to be true to this, I think it's real because I believe this is real. All the stuff I read and everything, this day is the most authenticating thing. Your perceptions are authenticating. You're different. You have in private thoughts. You have different desires and interests. No one fucking understands you. That, you didn't have to read eight scriptures to get to that understanding. It's obvious, the obvious one that's produced through identification. And this scripture is constantly, constantly yelling out its message all day through perceptions and thoughts and everything else. It doesn't, it's so convincing because we're convincing ourselves through the identification as the body. Yet even that, what's allowing it all to happen, has no floor effort in it. Consciousness hasn't changed one bit. It's always available at all times, with no requirement necessary. It's the basis of this whole event. How, how can it possibly go so unnoticed all day? Because there's a claiming of it by the one that we're not, and by that it neuters consciousness. It neuters the ever-present invitation of awakeness to being awake to consciousness, or a consciousness of awakeness. It's a simple, incredibly clear, constant invitation. But this middle man or woman gets in there and it goes to fucking hell. Because now you thought oh, they're less conscious, I'm more conscious. I'm more conscious when I go to the retreat, I'm less conscious when I'm not at a retreat. On and on and on and on and on. See, most paths, most paths are implying you're going to be there to get it. <laughs> they are. They're implying either subtly or obviously that you, as this, is going to be there to get it. It's an impossibility. That's like a false thing, a non-existent thing, meaning an existing nothing. What's going to happen? Absolutely nothing. Because it's not even going to vanquish the non-existent thing, it's non-existent. That's why when you get a big hit on anything, it reveals immediately that it's always been that way. When something is truly revealed about this place, let's say you get a, a download of what's actually happening, the immediate download is, it's always been this way. Nothing ever fucking happened. <laughs> Nothing. It not, all of that which I believe so fervently has absolutely no effects without me as the cause. I've got to be believing in it for it to produce effects. It's using me as a cause through identification as a false, non-existing object to produce effects here. And by its effects, we'll know it. And so we believe we're real because we're having tons of effects. Look at pain. The Course in Miracles talks about it all the time. Everything here... Thoughts. Check thoughts out. Everyone, this thoughts moving through all of us, this whole space, yes? They're nobody's thoughts. Nobody's. But then, through the identification of self, we have a myth called my. And the myth tries to catch the thought. And when it catches the thought, it goes, my thought. And now, 
you owning a thought, the thought owns you. Yeah? And let's say if the thought has enough room to sort of like, almost like pitch a loaf out, you know, go to the bathroom, it can force through the sphincter muscle an action, and an action, the thought compels an action, and then there's an action coming through this, and then that action is verified by everyone else. You get tattooed by that action. But what actually was the force behind it was a thought, and was actually what was the force behind that was the mind. Yeah? So the mind thought says, these fuckers are fucking with me. You know what? I'm going to finally do something tonight. And then you shoot somebody, and then you're up for 30 years in prison. Or like this lady. I was at, went home on a freezing night. I think I went over this last week or something. I went home on a freezing night in, in winter in Long Island on a Sunday night. Nothing was happening on the nightlife. It was fucking 20 degrees, Sunday night. I had been to the place I thought the big party had erupted at. I had been there an hour before, and there was nobody there. Yet, I believed the thoughts, and they were telling me, you're missing something, Paul. Now, it didn't describe exactly what I was missing. It was a Chevy Monte Carlo that ran me over twice, but I thought it was a girl at, a par- at the bar. <laughs> And that thought, I may have had thoughts that were quite irritable, restless, and discontent, caused a lot of anxiety many, many times, but this one compelled me to get into the car, my car, and drive back there, and then I got run over by a car twice, and the effects of that thought have been quite long-lasting in time, 38 years, every second of the day as an action figure. This has affected the experience of action figure. So the thought, being nothing, by being identified by what we, by, by the power that we are, yeah, now misconducted by being identified as a body and being, and being called the thinker of those thoughts, that's like giving a booster rocket to a thought and then a thought comes out here and finds expression and for it to verify its seeming existence is by effects. So now it's had a 36-year effect, and you can't tell me this isn't as real as real as can be. But it's confined by this isn't real, it's a non-existent thing. But if I was this non-existent thing completely, it would be the most real fucking influence I ever had as this non-existent thing. You see? But it all has to, its power source is always us. A thought has no ability to generate any juice. It has to be used it has to couple with, it's like everything, feelings, actions, thoughts, they're like uh, train cars, yeah? The train car seems first, but really what it is, it couples with the engine, which is us, through the coupling of my, and then we blame the fucking train car, but it has no ability to move. It's us, it's our juice, given over to it. We don't, we have the, we have the horse and the cart backwards. We're the cause of all these effects. We're dreaming. We want to say it's the thoughts or the action or the feeling. We want to blame the fucking railroad car, but it has no power. It can't even move down the tracks. It has to have an engine. That's where we mistake. That's where we don't see our true role here. Not as a victim, 
of consequences and circumstances and thoughts and feelings, but as the dreaming of this place. This is what AA does on a short level. It says, you co- you, we go into recovery and there's a step, uh, they have them up here right now, the fourth step, where we do an inventory, basically, on our on resentments, fears, and harms done to others. And you just do a four column, it's very simple. You write down the person who you're mad at and why. And everyone in a bar tonight is very clear in those two columns. They know everyone who they're pissed at and why. But all it does is drive them for another drink. Yeah? AA just takes it to a, like two columns over and says, what was your role in it? And immediately, where there was no relief stuck in one two column, there's a huge possibility of relief at the fourth column. Let it go farther. Not that, oh, what was my role in this specific situation that happened in 1984 at 11 o'clock, and then not have any idea what my role is of all the other fucking times. But the Course in Miracles say your role is, you're the dreaming of this dream. You're giving everything all the meaning it has. Now the quantum leap of the possibility of relief is unbelievable when you go from here to really a more appropriate take on what your role is here, not as a figure, action figure in a little situation, that's also so on one level, but as in another level of you're the dreaming of this place. And then what's behind there? What's behind the statement that Ramana offered us? The presupposing of a non-existent thing, wanting to get salvation for that non-existent thing. What was there when that appeared? When the idea that I'm a non-existing appeared, we were there already. We were there. We there. That's the being. And I would say, they say the first one was I am, and then I am Paul. But I am is that pregnancy. And then there's the presupposing a non-existent thing. That's the driving force of Paul. That's the act of Paul, Steve, Tommy, Leif, everything. The same, the same birth, all seemingly different babies, but the exact same birth canal. The I am, yes, the consciousness of being aware or the awareness of being conscious. I am, and then the Paul. But the, the Paul didn't arrive. There never was a Paul. There was a presupposing of a non-existent thing. Yeah. And from that premise, when that gets, that gets a foothold, then it's always about the non-existent thing. And you'll even may want to get out of a non-existent thing as a non-existent thing. It, doesn't, it just doesn't mean the non-presupposing of a non-existent thing, then wanting to get salvation for a non-existent thing, then wanting to get comfort for a non-existent thing, then wanting to get money for a non-existent thing, then wanting to get love for a non-existent thing. Tons of tons of products after that. But first, the consumer has to be made up. Because if it didn't, wasn't made up, you wouldn't be out here trying to take, 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 take. It would be more of an expression. 
You'd realize you're, you'd be expressive. Uh, the action figure would be doing its due diligence. It would be playing out its programming. But its needs wouldn't get so fucking expanded into tons of thousands of wants that can never be satiated. It would have a word that many people don't have here, enough. It would reach levels of enough, and that, oh, that's great, you're all right. You got flannel pajamas, you don't need fucking silk pajamas. You got a pretty good bed, you don't need a fucking gold gilded bed. Yeah. You have a car that gets you here and there, that, you don't need 80,000 cars. Yeah. It's just with the obvious. So when, because this demands a lot of attention. Because it doesn't, it's, it's, it's wellness isn't contained within its own realm. It has to go outside constantly. Yes, it's constantly going to stores to get things. Yeah? But the amount of attention that's given over to it can only come and can only be sustained when you're taking it to be you. You would not be interested in any other fucking object in this world as much as you are in this object. And there's only one difference between this, that, and that. I call this me, and I call that you. That's the only difference. That's changing all the wealth distribution of interest and attention. <laughs> so literally, it's not, I mean, it's not difficult to see. We're all seeming bodies. Why is a huge amount of interest put on one body and not the other body? Well, because everyone here, <laughs> the you has developed to the point where it gets coronated the me. <laughs> and then the me is just it. It's the center of the whole mental universe. Yeah. If you see it, you'll realize it's impossible. The basic... The basic I am hasn't changed one bit with all the Pauls and Steves and the Marys come following after it. The I am is still it's exactly it. It's still I aming. And then the mental state leaps in and now it's whizzing it's it's wuzzing and willing. That's all it does. It can't doesn't want to get caught in the I am, because in the I am it's I am not. The Paul. I am not the Tommy. Yeah? So what it does, it, 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 it hides and thrives in yesterday and tomorrow. It, it's a whole fucking imaginary realm gets made up. Where you are the big star of all the memory beds. <laughs> I mean, you're like, they never have to change the marquee at the movie theater. It's always Tommy. <laughs> how Tommy was, how Tommy will be, how Tommy, oh fuck is, who cares? Was, <laughs> and he, one seat is guaranteed taken up every fucking showing. You, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. <huh? laughs> There's such a drive for manifesting. Thoughts are constantly the me, the my. Before the thought wants to propel the thought into action, 
so that it can verify that you're the actor. It wants to compel something into action so you can say you're either the perpetrator or the victim. It wants all of this stuff by its effects to verify that you're something, that you're real. The longer effect, the better. Yeah. What's a one-day depression? But a one-year depression, that's a fucking story you can hang your hat on. <laughs> See it. It's timing. Time is unbelievable going on here. It's such a huge influence. The thought system drenched in it. Every person driving tonight is driven by it. Yeah, our whole life is is like is lived under a huge mental clock. There's no peace. There's no serenity. There's no salvation from an imaginary place, and there's no salvation in an imaginary place. Some guy gave me a name today. You ever hear the word apo something? A-P-R-O-P-H-I-C. It means, he was reading Meister Eckhart, and it's this word that means uh, the knowledge of God through negation. Mm, I love that. Because to me, really, the knowledge of God through negation is being. Being God. Through affirmation, it's knowing God. It's knowledge of God. But through negation, it's being God. Yeah. The knowing can get extended in time. The being is immediate. It's of timelessness. And I found over the years, the quality of downloads when we deliver timelessness, that's the gold standard. Because the solution is not of time. It always demonstrates timelessness. It's always like the thief in the night. It's always like so available you don't even notice it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> this is like satsang is like a tuning fork, yeah? So you're in a space and satsang tunes it. Doesn't it? Your vibration gets very strong. Doesn't it? It's like a tuning fork. And it electro it like it it energizes the space. Yeah? So you feel like your the presence is crackling. Yeah? It's not it's, and then your attention just naturally starts sensing the space more than the things in it. You really give credit where credit's due, and everything's coming out of nothing, really. And the space is the most mimicking event here of nothing. Yeah. So, yes. And I've recorded this, and I usually fail. I have one job to do, which is turn on the recorder. I'm about 50 50. It's mind boggling. i got to write notes like here, you know. Just maybe I'm like have them on a little rotating thing. So, oh yes, <laughs> guess I'll forget. Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> well, that's it.
Last week we did a great one on recovery, and I didn't record it. I thought it was good. Yeah. Yes, she was here, and she's not even in recovery. Always something for me. Yes. Well, yes. Exactly. As a as a as someone who's here, everyone's recovering. Yeah. But re means to do again. Yes, re. So we're recovering. We're we're getting back a condition. Isn't that what it's implying? So through negation, you see that you never lost the condition. So there's no recovering. It's like the story we told last week about the lady with the necklace. Ramana uses the lady has a necklace, and then she loses the necklace, and she goes to all her friends and asks. Could you help me find the necklace and and so on and so forth? And then one person says to her, "Yeah, it's right on your neck." And she goes, she puts her hand up and she feels the necklace, and so she has the joy of finding the necklace. And when she thought she had lost it, she was in misery. And then when she thought she found it, she was joy. But in fact, she didn't find it because it was always there. So there was no rediscovering. Because what you discover is something that's always been there. So how can you discover it? <laughs> it's right. It's obvious. See these these statements. Some people think it's like cryptic, but there's a flavor to it. It's attempting to sort of give you a timeless snack in in a place of time snacks. Yeah. It's trying to give you a lozenger that doesn't take a lot of sucking to break open. It just immediately, yeah. It wants to give you a free hit of the immediacy of the solution, which is us. Yeah. It wants to have that hit, so that like as you know, the seeker is the sort. It's just like that's pretty good. The seeker is the sort. Four words, totally. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. Or like uh, this guy was sharing today about what searching is, what you're searching for is what's searching. You know, what's looking is what you're looking for. They say that many times it's said, but it's a beautiful. It takes no time at all because when when you hear the snap of that little like uh, letter, your word, you know, rubber band, the snap brings you right to attention, which hasn't been unattentive at all. Always been there. So if you would seem to have to be brought back to something, and every time you're brought back to it, it didn't take any time at all. It's got to dawn on you sooner or later that you never left. <laughs> it's gonna break through the mental concrete because it's unstoppable. I mean, if you if you felt like you've done tons of things that brought you back there, but when you were brought back there, it was obviously always been the case. <laughs> Let the you know to me the head picks that up and runs with it. The mind, you know, that's what it does. This is just all we want is to put a little. It's like. Uh, all you do is put it on the doorstep. The masters of the house will pick it up and bring it into every room. Yeah, the mind. The, you don't have to have an eight thousand page dissertation. You just need an invitation. Yeah, and then the mind does the rest. 
which is not much at all. <laughs> you don't have to leave from anywhere to, or in everywhere to get to everywhere. It just dawns on you. That it ne- never needs to dawn on you. It's always so, so to speak. Yeah? So. Yes. 